please be seated. So the first reading is taken from various verses in the book of Proverbs related to ways of speaking. They begin at chapter 10, verse 18, which can be found on page 621 of the Old Testament section of the church Bible. Lying lips conceal hatred, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but the prudent are restrained in speech. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The mind of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Whoever belittles another lacks sense, but an intelligent person remains silent. A gossip goes about telling secrets, but one who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a confidence. A filthy word spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise rebuke to a listening ear. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest are faithful messengers to those who send them. They refresh the spirit of their masters. Like clouds and wind without rain is one who boasts of a gift never given. With patience, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue can break bones. Like somebody who takes a passing dog by the ears is one who meddles in the quarrel of another. Like a maniac who shoots deadly firebrands and arrows, so is the one who deceives a neighbor and says, I'm only joking. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal is to hot embers, and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The reading is taken from Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 43. It can be found on page 68 of the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, Jesus speaks of the relationship between our heart and our mouth. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of the heart 
produces good, and the evil person, out of the evil treasures, produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please do be seated. My word, weren't there a collection of proverbs there that uh, Ian has just read to us? I wonder if anyone hit you between the eyes, as it were. Did you pick out anyone there that really sort of think, wow, my word, there was a lot there, wasn't there? Shall we pray? Oh, Jesus, light of the world, come now. Come and illuminate any darkness within us and around us. And show us now your path and your ways in our use of words and the way we speak. Yes, we welcome now the light of life. Amen. Well, yes, we're continuing in our series on uh, in Proverbs. Proverbs is really a guide for living well in, in God's world. It was Derek Kidner uh, who wrote uh, when he said, Proverbs is not a portrait album or a book of manners. It offers a key to life. It holds up to view samples of behavior which can be assessed by one criterion. Is this wisdom or is it folly? Is it wisdom to go the way what is there or is it folly? You know, it's wisdom, isn't it? It's wisdom because it is God's word that we're looking at coming from him who is the source of all wisdom. To some, though, it seems that Proverbs simply, they simply suggest the way we should behave, the way we should speak. William Arnott pushes that view totally aside as he speaks very powerfully of Proverbs and he talks about them as laws from heaven, laws from heaven for life on earth. We don't tinker with them. We say, this is what God is saying to us. This is the way. Uh, you should behave. This is how you should get on with it and not say, oh, well, I'll I'll consider it. No, this is the way. Well, the subjects and the themes and their component parts in uh, Proverbs have been listed at great length. And you know, it comes as no surprise that it is speech and the way that we speak that has the greatest number of proverbial references. In the introduction to uh, the, I think it's the fourth of our uh, Proverbs, uh, the course we're looking at, um, that we're engaged in, we read, from the sweet nothings of lovers to the barking commands of generals, words do things. They are powerful tools with enormous power to tear down or to build. 
hurt or to heal, to manipulate or to mold. No wonder, he goes on to say, that there are more individual proverbs about the tongue than about any other topic. I picked out one particular uh, proverb, and, and I want to put that, begin it really with, as the, the basis for all that I'm going to say this morning. Proverbs 18.21. The tongue has the power of life and death. Take that in. The tongue has the power of life and death. New Revised Standard Version. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The message puts it very simply. Words can kill. Words can give life. They're either poison or fruit. Whoa. I wonder if we do really appreciate fully the power that the tongue has, that great potential for good or evil, to kill, to kill, or to give life, to build or to destroy, to encourage or to dishearten, to heal or to hurt, to be gentle and kind or to be harsh and to harm. You know, whether it be in public or around the dinner table or in a face-to-face conversation or on the phone, no matter where we are, our tongue is powerful for good or evil. Oh, Lord, may our words always be life-giving and may our words point others to the path of life. With that proverb as a background this morning, let me pick out a few proverbs now, proverbs that underline how we speak. Some of them being read to us this morning. Proverbs 10, 21. The lips of the righteous nourish many. The lips of the righteous nourish many. Earlier in chapter 10, we've heard read in verse 11, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. It's a well of life coming from the heart. The tongue of the righteous, in verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. You see, what the righteous person says is going to be a reflection of what he is of what is there deep in his heart and he or she will feed others with the word of God aware as we all must be that man doesn't live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God and we are to nourish others with God's word Proverbs 11, 11. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it's destroyed. Look at the contrast. The words of the wise and the righteous, their presence, 
their godly influence. All of this makes a far-reaching impact to the extent we read here of exalting a city. Look at the contrast. Yes, the words of the foolish and the wicked just tear it apart. But let's take note again there of the power of our words. The power of our words will exalt the city. And see there, the challenge, just a challenge, isn't it? To each one of us to proclaim Christ with his blessing on our neighbors, on our fellow parishioners, on our community, on our island. Why? To see them exalted, lifted up, raised to life in its fullness. That's what it means. That's what it's saying. Once again, all of this reminds us that words can heal and bring life. (laughs) They can wound and destroy and you know, as I reflected on that once again as I was preparing for today, I thought back into my own life. What were the words and whose were the words that had brought new life and transformation and encouragement and growth for me? And by contrast, when had there been words that had been wounding and destructive? I wonder whether you can look back on your own lives and recall any of those times of construction when people held to build you up. And perhaps even times when they tried to demolish. Yes, I wonder how many of these occasions have come your way. But let's make sure that we're forever grateful for those who fed us and nurtured us and that we've forgiven unreservedly any who have hurt us but what about the other side what about my words have my words blessed others have I, my words turned on a light into their lives have my words implanted something of Jesus that they will never forget have my words affirmed them have my words appreciated them (laughs) you know I was in a queue with two of my grandchildren some time ago when just behind me the yes he was a young man he was about 50 uh, and he he leant forward and said "Uh, it's it's Mr. Vibert isn't it I said uh, yes indeed Um, oh he said you taught me some 35 years ago and I'll never forget something you said at a school assembly I'll tell you what in that moment I froze (laughs) wondering what I'd said but I had to ask he quoted pretty well word for word something that I'd said and he added his gratitude for what he called the life-building guidance I'd given him that day. It wasn't just to him, still all of them who were there. But he'd taken it on board. I thought, hmm, wow. But you know, that evening, I wondered about the not-so-good things 
that I might have said over the years. And I was prompted by my wife, who recalled the day her French teacher told her that she was useless at languages and had planted self-doubt in her and, in many respects, scarred her for life. I thought, oh, the power of those rash words. And it's good to look back, isn't it? I think it's good to look back for all of us. Think, perhaps, of the good things, but to ensure that we're not, in fact, repeating the not-so-good things of the past, the destructive words, the words that perhaps were rather rash at the time. I must move on. In Proverbs 11, 18, we had it this morning, uh, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Do you hear that? A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy keeps a secret. <laughs> well, I remember a pastoral visit when I was told, oh, Brian, I'm so pleased you've come because I've been told something in the strictest confidence and I'm longing to tell you. I was cornered, wasn't I? But how I wish that she'd read Proverbs 11. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. There's a lot about gossip. Proverbs 26, 22. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Yes, there are many proverbs on gossip, I think I counted another 10. Because all of them reminding us that gossip is highly contagious. And we see how it's the wise who quarantine. They quarantine what they've heard and they don't repeat it. And they also avoid the company of talebearers. Gossip can be devastating. It can be devastating to relationships and it separates close friends when the kind of intimate information that close friends know about one another is shared with others. Gossip also keeps quarrels going where differences or arguments have not been resolved, whether it be in communities or uh, in committees, in offices, in families, and sadly, even in church fellowships. Remember, too, gossip is not necessarily false. It can be true, but it's so often used to speak against someone. But like choice morsels, did you pick that up? But like choice morsels, others lap it up. Proverbs 18.8 repeats the analogy. Gossip is like a tasty morsel that sinks deep into one's heart. It's like a delicious titbit that is eagerly devoured by the listener who seems to go on to say, mm, yum, yum, tell me more. The Proverbs are simply telling us, do not 
gossip. Don't gossip. It was James in the third chapter of his letter who writes too about the power of the tongue and how it needs to be tamed. Just as a forest is set on fire by a small spark, so the tongue can be that small spark that sets evil alight, an evil that just spreads quickly. In many ways, he endorses in his letter, Proverbs 16, 27, a scoundrel plots evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. You know, in this digital age, we're very much aware that technology is enabling false rumors and false news and bad news to spread instantly. I'm sad that good news doesn't seem to have that power, that same power, to go viral in that way. But it's always been the same. And we must be alert and recognize those times when we are being drawn in to the spreading power of harmful words. Do you know I could go on and pick out uh, proverb after proverb and just underline what is being said. I'm going to stop. I've only dipped into just a few of the proverbs on the theme of a way to speak. But do make time in the coming week to read through chapters 10 to 28. It may sound a lot, but it's a good little exercise and you're going to find countless references to speech. All of them, well, not all of them, but amongst all of them, reminding us and checking on us. Are our words timely and or inappropriate? Are our words gentle or are they harsh? Are our words wise or foolish? Are our words honest at all times or deceitful at times? Are they hasty or thoughtful? Are they healing or harmful? Are they worthless or life-building? Oh, there are so many proverbs there. Many proverbs there. But they're there to point us in the right direction. You know, God, our Father, who created us, loves us so much that he's given us in Proverbs guidelines so that we will live well and speak words that don't kill, but words that have the power of life. Remember, life is in the power of the tongue. Words can kill, but words can give life. Oh, come on, let's pray. Oh, Lord, just set a guard over our mouth and keep watch over the door of our lips that our words will never kill or destroy, that our words will be a blessing and be life-giving to all who hear them and receive them.
Jesus' name we pray.